uncle is a shaman. When I was a kid, he would say, evil is always waiting in the shadows. And only one man would rise to stand against it. Groovy. Welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Tyler Pino, and Michael got me sick. Hello, my name is Michael Holler. I'm feeling much better now. Um, I took all of your fucking uh, boobons, all your plague. I appreciate that very much so. Oh, fuck you. I didn't did want you know, to. Did you know that actually it came out recently as a study? Uh, rats, for the longest time, are blamed to be the ones to be carriers for the bubonic plague. Right. But it was not rats. It was Mexicans. It was... <laughs> I heard it from Donald Trump. <laughs> well, I mean, you were one of the actors hired to stand behind him and cheer, right? Yeah, that was his thing. He's like, Mexicans carried the plague. I will be president, and I'll put a little door in a wall. You're fired. Uh, you know, what was the real carrier of the plague, Michael? It, it was actually mice, but, you know, that got me thinking. Oh, really? Yeah, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was told to be taking over Donald Trump's position in the show The Apprentice, which I was... Is that still... That's still on? That's really still on? The Apprentice? Yeah. Um, I, well, it's not on right now. Well, yeah, so but... It's coming back. But I hear that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the one that's replacing Donald Trump on that series. I don't understand that because it's not... I mean, what would the position be? Because the idea with The Apprentice is you had a, a job in, you know, Trump's corporation or whatever. I mean, he has, like, a huge conglomerate of things. What job would Arnold Schwarzenegger give you? Governator. He would give you the governorship? Yep. Oh. That's, that's how it works. He names his successor at the end of the season. Do you know that the actual governor of California is Jerry Brown? Um, and he, I, when I heard that... I thought of the song by the Dead Kennedys. Um, can't think of what it's called, but he's like, I am Governor Jerry Brown. And that song came out in like 1981 or well, something. Was, and I'm like, that can't be the same person. It's totally the same person. Well, was he was by, governor in the 80s. Now he's governor again in the year uh, whatever this is. Well, it was made by a... Who did you say the song was made by? The Dead Kennedys. Well, wasn't Schwarzenegger married to one of the living Kennedys? This is a conspiracy we've just <laughs> fucking stumbled upon, dude. We figured it out. We've packed the Matrix. Yeah, he was married to um, not one of the dead Kennedys. He was married to one of the living Kennedys. Uh, um, whatever the fuck her name is. It's not really a Kennedy. She was an Onassis. Would she be an Onassis? No, she wouldn't. I don't know. She was a Kennedy, right? I think so. Why are we talking about this? No one gives a shit. What What are we here to talk about, sir? Uh, well, I guess there's a couple of things. Um, Michael dropped the microphone. <laughs> we could talk about that. It wasn't even like dropped it. He yanked the cord forcibly, <laughs> and it slammed to the ground. Um, so if he sounds like shit, you know why. And well, also, I sound like know. shit anyways. No. It's just now I sound like lower definition shit. Well... Fair enough. Um, but 
Over this last week, uh, we had New York Comic Con. Yes. Arguably the bigger Comic Con. Culturally, the more the less relevant Comic Con, but uh, in terms of attendance, boy oh boy, were there a lot of fucking people there. Yeah, no. For some reason, this year every day was Saturday. Yeah. In terms of yeah. sheer amount of people. Yeah, and then I mean, Saturday even, was Super Saturday. I mean, even yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, even last year, you'd go on like Friday or Sunday, and you, you'd be able to do this thing called you know walk. Yeah, progressively. No, it's like it. It's everything that I hate about Times Square, only sweatier and smellier. In in a smaller area. Yeah, in a much smaller area. Ah, I don't know. I would imagine that if you were to clear the floor, like the convention room floor, um. Uh, no, there's no way that's possible. I don't know what I'm saying. But the usable space in Times Square, I bet, like, there's probably more usable, walkable space in the Javits Center than there is in Times Square. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling I'm it now. I'm comfortable with that statement. I'm calling it now. I'm thinking there were probably at least 170,000 people there this year. Probably. Well, there were 180 last year, weren't there? 155. Oh, okay. So they just added another couple thousand. You know, I, it's, yeah, it's a lot of people. And I'm surprised that no one died. Oh, yeah. I remember I was talking to people in line um, on – it was actually on Saturday. I went early, and we waited in line. We queued up at around 6 a.m., uh-huh. and we are just talking about, like, Comic-Con with the people in line for Comic-Con. It was a very meta discussion, but they were talking about how last year someone was trampled uh, on their way to Artist's Alley. Really? Yeah. You know that long, narrow pathway yeah, yeah, to get yeah. from one end of the Javits to the other? Someone was trampled in there. Speaking of Artist's Alley – why is it in an airline hangar? It is, isn't it? I think I, so. Like, that's what it looks like. I, I made that comment when we were there, but and I, I kept meaning to bring it up, and then I didn't because we were in Artist Alley. But I'm like, what? Why does it look like this? Like, what is this space used for? Well, ironically enough, it can't be uh, an airline hangar. I, well, ironically enough, across the street from that entrance of the Javits Center, uh-huh. there is a Quonson hut. So maybe it is. Like I don't know a, what that means. It's one of those military houses that looks like a half circle just sticking out of the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it might be something like that. Maybe. But the Javits Center, how long has it been there? It's not that old. Well, that section is new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, they couldn't have put an air... There would be no purpose for them to put an airline hangar because you can't land a plane in Manhattan. Well, unless you land it on the Hudson. Not in Manhattan. It is the Hudson. It's the Hudson. See, it's you it's land river. the Hudson, and then the, the the plane just floats downstream, and you just turn it into the into the Javits. See, it's right there. It's, it's really convenient. Every time we talk about this, and this is the second time that it's happened, I get really tense because I'm like, oh, there's 9/11 stuff. There's a 9/11 joke somewhere, and I don't want to make it. <laughs> um, it's Zach just dangerously Snyder close to that it. territory. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Man of Steel. Uh, the death of Superman lives. Yeah. Um, so how was your, uh, experience at Comic-Con, sir? You know, no matter what happened this past weekend, there were some good things, some bad things, some things that we can complain about, about just how the convention hall itself is run. Um, but I think everything was made up for it. Yes, for and one we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. That's, that's like, that's the meat and potatoes of this. But I do want to say, uh, yeah, man, I, I, okay, so I applied to be a volunteer at one point. I think, for Comic-Con. Was it last year? Because I know Gion did it last year. Gion did do it last year, no, but I didn't. I, I did it this year. And you're like, fuck you, I'm not working. Well, yeah, well, he applied like two weeks before the, the con happened, so I'm surprised that they accepted him. 
Um, and I'm also surprised that they accepted him because of his, you know, know, pedophilic background. Right. And he lists that on all of his resumes. He's just like, I like little girls. I like them so good. It's, um, well, it's, it's funny because he showed me his resume when he first, yeah. he, when he first submitted his application for it at the very bottom, if they're like, do you have any comments or questions or concerns? Uh, he wrote, do you have any children? It's a concern of mine. <laughs> I'm concerned if you don't. Waka, waka, waka. Um, but the main uh, bulk of the application itself, they tend to ask you, it, it's all about kind of like how you would handle all of the situations that the employees completely failed uh, in my really? experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just like, well, if a line starts and it's not supposed to be there, what do you do? Well, apparently... Um, the actual New York Comic Con rule is just to fucking appease them. Yeah. Tell them about what happened. You were trying to get an autograph uh, I from was. One... I was trying to get an autograph from Seth Green. I was trying to get him to co- autograph a copy of Mass Effect that I have. You didn't get it. I did not. No, I was trying to get Seth Green's autograph. Um, and and you know, furthermore, they don't tell you about certain autographs that are happening. They don't. They don't tell you about anything. No, they really don't. They have a they have a website and an app and. I would probably say the app only tells you about 60% of the things that are occurring um, because right. there are more autograph panels, there are more, you know, meetup sessions, there are more things. Then they would bother to let you know on that. And uh, I didn't actually find out about the robot chicken. There's a robot chicken panel beforehand uh, the night before on Saturday and an autograph session on Sunday. Uh-huh. Now... Uh, or sorry, no. The panel was on Friday. The autographing was on Saturday. Now I didn't even know about the autographing session. I was just gonna bum rush the stage at the robot chicken panel and try guns to get, a blazing, guns a blazing, try not to get tased as I asked Seth Green for his autograph. Um, but I was told by my good friend Jeremy that there was actually an autograph session on Saturday. So I'm like, all right, I, maybe I don't need to go to the panel. Just wait for the session. So you were there with me. We go to where this autographing is supposed to take place an hour before. It starts. Yes. Which is ample time to queue up for something. Right. And, uh... Should be. It, well, it should. And we get there, and apparently, there was no line, but they said they are at capacity. Well, here's the thing. They give out wristbands for certain autographs. Now, the way that it works, they don't give out wristbands if they're charging for autographs. Uh, if they're free, like the robot chicken thing was and the adult swim thing was, they're supposed to give out wristbands. Now... They have a special section of the uh, con for this. It's all in, like, the main stage. They give them out at a certain time of day, which is another thing that kind of irritates me because they they give them all out at the same time. Yeah, and they also don't tell you that they're giving out wristbands. They don't tell you where they're giving out wristbands. They don't tell you, you know, for what they're giving out wristbands. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're looking for a wristband to get into a major panel, they give those all out in the morning. So if you are if you can't get there at 10.30 in the morning or 10 in the morning whenever it starts, um, say you have work or something, but you paid it just as much as anybody else, you're completely fucked. Or... You won't be able to go see those panels. You would think that they would stagger it throughout the day. Or say you wanted to get an autograph from someone, but they didn't tell you you needed a wristband. There was no indication that you would need a wristband. But you right. needed a wristband in this case. Yeah. Well, th- yes, this is an instance where you did not need a wristband to begin with, but then they decided, for God knows what fucking reason... Nah, fuck you. Yeah, it's like, well, we'll do what we want. And you know the thing that really gets me about it is that the 
employees, and this is where, uh, you know, I brought up what was on the application and then talking because you have they it's not like it's multiple choice or something you're not taking the SATs you have to fill in the blanks here and be like this is how I would handle this particular situation so either all of these people are really good bullshitters or New York Comic Con just wants the most asinine people uh, to run the thing well I mean we talked um, earlier about how Gian was one of the employees last year that's true but uh, the employees fucking cop an attitude with you when you just legitimately don't know something like, the one girl in the line, she was okay. She was just like, you know, this is what happened. The other guy, he was like, well, I'm sorry, sir. This was not our decision. We couldn't do anything. And I'm like, all right. You know, if we were, you know, being rude to begin with, I could see where, you know, you would get irritated. But come on. Fuck you. I just hate customer service people that don't know anything about customer service. Because I've worked jobs like that where I, you know have to deal with horrible people but just, you fucking bite the bullet and you you just give the people the information that they fucking need if i could just draw attention to the fact that he said that he had jobs well i left the state michael i was not fired are you are you sure about that yes were, were you persuaded to leave the state by your employer no i was persuaded to leave the state by the federal bureau of investigations thank you and by persuaded i mean had to get out of town real quick <laughs> That's why he came to New York with nothing but the clothes on your back and the cigarettes in your pocket. Yes. And the clothes on your back. Wait, what? That'll be when I leave here today. You're wearing a really nice shirt that's ribbed. It's ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> Thank it's you. like some sort of condom. I was feeling on it with my hands and it got you got really uncomfortable. I got I still very uncomfortable. I don't understand why. I don't know what's the fucking problem with you sometimes. Anyways, um, no, and it seems there was kind of this overarching theme that whenever you'd ask an employee there, they either didn't know what was happening, there'd be a serious lack of communication between different departments, or they would just brush you off entirely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had another issue um, with a few employees. One, okay, so I was sitting, I got there on Friday, no, it was Thursday. Thursday? Friday. Friday. Uh, and you um, were in line getting an autograph from one of the Firefly people or whatever. Nathan Fillion. So, yeah. yeah, I was sitting for a little while and I was like, you know what? It's it's probably going to take a while. So I went to the Justice League pan uh, panel, which I wanted to see anyway, which was at the Empire stage. Um, but it, it wasn't going to be starting for like another 45 minutes or so. They had a panel on in front of it. And the way the Empire stage works is people can just walk in and out. Um, it's not like any of the closed... Yeah, panels. I think it's probably the Empire stage is I go to the most panels there. Yeah, it's the most convenient. It's the most convenient. It's the most logical one. And that's where they have not the big ones, but the, you know, relatively big ones. Yeah, they're not like the main stage stuff, but they're pretty close. I mean, that's where Kevin Smith was. They did the Justice League panel there. They did a bunch of other things. Game of Thrones was in the Game Empire. Game of Thrones yeah. was in there. Game of Thrones, so they handled it a little bit differently. I think they only used the Empire stage because they knew that that was one of the bigger things that day. Yeah. Um, but they closed it off when it got to capacity. Uh, Usually you're allowed to stand in the back, but uh, this was not the case. Yeah, and it was interesting because last year they didn't have standing room. Uh, this year, what they did was they used the entire Empire Stage area, and the back, maybe 30 yards of it, was just standing room, because they didn't have enough chairs. Yeah, dude, that's the way it should be. Yeah, but last year, they only used half of it, and the other half was a queue line. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, so, <laughs> I went and, uh, 
the I had to sit for a while. The other panel was uh, Felicia Day. Felicia Day is that her name? Yeah, she's horrible. Really? No, no, she's fine. I just I don't know. She's always infiltrating my entertainment. Like I, I don't know who the fuck she is, but she keeps popping up. People are like, you should know who that is. Uh, proverbial people in my head. They're like, you should you should know that. Well, you are you talking about podcast. the voices? She's the queen of the nerds. She was on Harmontown recently, and then she was on something else that I, I, I watched immediately after that, and I'm like, these are the first two times I've ever heard of this person. No, she's a Gamergate. Is she one of the Gamergate people? I, Explain to me Felicia Day. Uh, Felicia Day is one of those people, she's in a lot. She's in a lot that I don't follow She's in avidly. Buffy or something, right? Was she? So, I well, no she idea. was in Supernatural, because she talked about that. Yeah, she was in a couple episodes of Supernatural. She wasn't a main character, but she reoccurred in maybe two to three episodes that I had seen. Um... She also has a lot of online web series, uh, both comedic and action-based. She has a Dragon Age web series, stuff like that. Um, as for what she I know she does a lot of vlogging. Logging? Vlogging. She's a logger. Vlog. Like, she cuts down Vlog. trees to make paper. Vlog. Okay, so... Vlog. Logging. I just had a stroke, I'm sorry. Anyway, she was there. She was. Uh, I had to sit through that panel for a little while. She's a good speaker. I mean, she uh, again don't know anything about her, but I sat in the back, the very last row. Um, the Empire stage. The way it works is nobody gets a good seat anywhere because there's these giant columns everywhere, <laughs> and yes. you have to sit, you know, directly behind them. And so it's really it's hard to get a good seat. It's like think about like a baseball stadium and you know the nosebleed seats. Yeah. But think of it in the sense that like at least forty percent of the seats are nosebleed seats. They do this in Broadway houses too, and I don't know why the fucking theaters are designed so asininely. Well, it's because the theaters are a thousand years old and they weren't built to accommodate the amount of people that they pack in because they need more money, Michael. Um, it's what it's all about. So you'll get an obscured seat. You'll buy it on the ticket. You're like, why is this ticket 20 bucks? They're like, well, it's obscured view. You won't see anything. Like, why does <laughs> that mean, seat exist? You say, you say obscured, but you mean impaired. Yeah, right. But that's basically how it works here. You could never really see the stage. And plus, it's a really, really huge room. So like you're far back enough. But they have large uh, screens that they broadcast everything um, happening on the stage uh, that you could just watch. Some of them, however... They have house lights on all the time because they can't turn the lights off. So the screens just come out completely washed out and you can barely see anything. Um, anyway, I found out at this Felicia Day panel that if you sit in the very back, you have a perfect view of all of the screens. It's like you can't really see the stage that well because it's so far away. But who cares? Unless you're in like the reserved seats, you're not going to get a terribly good view of the stage anyway. So you may as well sit somewhere comfortable where there's not com like million people around you. And I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to stay in this chair for the Justice League thing, and I'll just watch it on the TV, and that's that's awesome. Um, Wait, okay. I was just thinking, did Felicia Day, she didn't stay for the Justice League panel, did she? No, no, okay. no. She was immediately before it. Um, but after that panel ended, like maybe half the room filed out, and because uh, there's 15, 20 minutes in between um, that they could let new people in. Like this guy comes and he's like, you have to move now. And I'm like, why? And he's like, you, because other people are going to be coming in. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I there's half the room is empty. 
And I'm sitting in the very back. Yes, and I'm sitting in the last row by myself. I'm. It's like, how many people, who am I inconveniencing? No one. But it was just, it wasn't even that he asked me to move because I understand maybe that's the policy, whatever. He's like, everybody move. Toward. And so anyway, yeah, long story short, I'm in a seat that I can no longer see. It was just the way that he said it. He was just, he automatically copped an attitude as if I was going to resist him or something like, no, fuck you. But I was just like, well, can I sit here? I'm like, it's fine. But no, this is just, that's how the employees there seem to operate. It's like, they immediately assume that you're a dick. Maybe it's just a New York City thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of funny because I was waiting, um, for, actually at the Empire Stage panel as well, uh, for the Star Wars Rebels panel to start. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of waiting, uh, we were, you know, with the Kevin Smith, the comic book men panel. And so, you saw at the back of the queue hall, there were a bunch of, like, cordoned off areas that have standing room right yes and in between those little areas of standing room there are these aisles and pathways for you to get to the show now you had people lining up in these aisles and someone from you know reed pop or new york comic-con would come and escort them to seats if they found them Mm -hmm. and so all right so we go and we we stand in one of these aisles you know and people are being seated so we're just in the line to be seated and we're like okay we'll just you know have them sit down and after maybe about four or five groups in front of us uh, were, you know, shown to their seats. Right. They stopped us and they're like, you can't stand here. This is blocking the fire exit. You need to leave. Yeah. I'm like, uh, oh, all right. So we, just, we went back to the standing room. Uh-huh. Immediately when we started standing back in the standing room, people started lining up again. Yeah. And you know what they fucking did? They started showing them to their seats. Right. And, uh, and it, yeah, and it was weird because they're like, Oh, I guess this is a thing again. So we went back, stood in line, got a couple groups in, sent us back to standing room. And it was this very on-off procedure. So finally, when the uh, when the comic book men panel started wrapping up, uh, mm-hmm. people were lined up to be shown to their seats. Right. Now, the way that they had us line up, they didn't have us line up, you know, basically single file from front to back. No, they had us single file all side by side. Mm-hmm. So one employee, one employee would say, "All right, I have a seat for five people over here," and the five people who were first, waiting at the front of the line, were like, "Oh, we're five people," and then five people at the end of the line, at the very back, came from around the corner, like, "That's us," and they just literally pushed them out of the way and walked in front of them. Meanwhile, the Comic Con employees were looking at like, "Oh, okay," like, <laughs> "Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know, man." Yeah, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a distribution of blame here, because there are a lot of issues, and there was a lot of finger pointing going on at Comic Con. Yeah, there was a lot of times people would say, "No, this isn't you know this isn't Comic Con. This is Reed Pop, or this isn't Reed Pop. This is Comic Con. This isn't Comic Con or Reed Pop. This yeah, is just security." Yeah, pass the buck to somebody else. They just and pass it's not your fault. Consistently, consistently, again and again and again, you'd ask uh, someone a question, and they'd be like, "This isn't Reed Pop's decision. This is Comic Con's decision." And you'd go to someone at Comic-Con, and like, no, that's a read-pop decision. There were so many times, too, like, I tried to get, um, I tried to get my friend an exclusive, which, have you Which ever is t- crazy, because you don't have any friends. Exactly. I was gonna say it's crazy, because have you ever tried getting a fucking exclusive at Comic-Con? No, Holy what does that shit, mean? shit, kill explain myself. That, explain that to people who might not know, like myself. So, before, it, it was, it's a kind of an older trademark of conventions, where you would have a product... And there'd be a slight variation on this product and be released as a convention exclusive. So if you say you had an action figure uh, that's, you know, widespread release, but then at Comic-Con you'll have, like, a different colorization. 
Uh, this is, it's probably most renowned. Um, like a shiny Pokemon. Or I, I was going to say like um, Dragon Ball Z, right? They have a lot of Dragon Ball Z action figures, but last year at San Diego Comic-Con, the exclusive that they had was uh, Vegeta. Vagina. V- vagina. Uh, vagina Jita. Uh, Vachito was in the initial armor that he had in the original series, and it's not colored in the blue, white, and beige, everyone knows. It's in this orange, dark blue kind of color palette. And it's, it's great for the people who like those select episodes and are like, oh, wow, I can recognize that. Um, uh-huh. But it's gotten so far out of hand that this year they had Pepsi Perfect as a convention exclusive, which is just Pepsi. It's yes. Pepsi. Well, is that, was, was that the case? Yeah, it was I've just Pepsi. I've been wondering about it that. It was just Pepsi. But the bottle that the they Pepsi in came the- in was modeled after the bottle that they had in Back to the Future 2. Right. Now, it, granted... Fuck that. It's $20. It's, it's $20.15, and it's a fucking bottle of Pepsi in a different bottle. It's, it's gotten to the point where more. we're out of hand. It's out of hand at this what point. What was going on with Back to the Future this year? Why was that such a big thing? Is this is this the Back to the Future year? Is that Am I that out of the loop that I don't know that? No. Uh, God, the panel that they had was like 88-something. I would have. I was about to say the 88th anniversary, but I'm like, the no, that's, that's, that's too much. No, um, it's 88th anniversary. If you went back in time and showed Back to the Future, you know, I I tried like very lackadaisically to get into that one. Um, lackadaisical. What is this Gotham? Yeah. Uh, didn't reach capacity, and I was like, oh man, and then immediately went and did something else because I was just like, I know how it worked. I just got there that first day. I didn't know how anything worked, and that's always seems to be the case. You know, conventions, they're just, I am not the right person for them. Every time that I go to one of these, like, major conventions, I'm like, man. This would be great if I you removed really all the like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I have a lot of fun at the panels and stuff, but then when I'm walking around, I'm like, oh man, this is this is my nightmare. <laughs> people everywhere. There's so many people. They're all talking to each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I having a good old time. I, I really. And en- then there was me. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy conventions. I really enjoy the people. I enjoy the crowds. I enjoy the panels. I enjoy the autographing. Fuck! I paid eighty dollars for Nathan Fillion's autograph, which that's I, uh, insane. Which I can talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, you know, Where you get all this money, Chan. I, I still, I, I have like six dollars in my bank account till payday. Um. But, you know, it's one of those things where I enjoy every aspect of it. However, when things are run so bad, or as if, you know, everything that they'd said are the exact same things they're not following, uh, it, it just feels like it was either haphazardly put together, which I'm sure that's the case in certain circumstances, or the fact that just no afterthought was given to the sheer amount of volume that you'll have to contain here. And granted, Reed Pop has been doing this for years like this is their Uh 10th con you'd think they'd understand that there are a lot of people here but from everything from the initial ticket sales uh to the actual running of the panels and conventions everything's done like it feels like it's their first year doing it right i yeah and you know i kind of miss going to smaller cons like it's it's not just like the big unavoidable things that are being fucked up but it's the things that are fucked up that you can prepare to not fuck up that have been fucking up for years at this point, things that you should automatically assume, well, this is going to go wrong, so let's, you know, make sure that doesn't. Uh-huh. It, yeah. I miss Florida Supercon. That was a good one. It was a that just happened. middle-of-the-road con, yeah. Um, they held it in the Miami Convention Center, whatever the fuck it is, but uh, 
Yeah, it's not overwhelming. This is overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I feel like San Diego. I, I always like the idea of going to San Diego Comic-Con, but uh, I would hate it. Well, it's funny because... I might because literally kill myself. It's funny because San Diego is... People refer to it as the commercialized Comic-Con. That's where you have all these movies, Lionsgate Studios. Everyone's, you it's know... It's a cultural it's, event. It, yeah, it's all about who's winning Comic-Con. New York Comic Con is that commercialized event where it feels like everything is big and corporate, and where no one is winning. Yeah, where no, where no one is winning. It feels like everyone's still commercialized, but not into the extent where it can be really cool. Yeah, or enjoyable. Um, I mean, I had a, I had a lot of fun at Comic Con. I really do. It just every time, I I feel like you could manage it in a way that would just make it better. Yeah, they need a. Do something about that. Yeah, but train their I was, employees a little bit better, or train them. Um, yeah. I I was waiting in line. Uh, <coughs> I queued up at six a.m. in order to try and get a Comic Con exclusive for one of my friends. It was uh, it was an interesting circumstance. Of uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the video game character Mega Man. Yes. Yes. I am aware of him. You're aware of the Mega Man. He's blue. He's blue. That is He's correct. Buster Cannon. He has the Buster Cannon. That is correct. He's a little dog that turns into a surfboard. Yes. That, that flies. one never. I never understood that one, but yeah, that's also correct. His girlfriend is also a robot, but she All right, looks I'm like a regular person. I'm going to continue the story. Um, so there was a company a couple months back that launched a Kickstarter, and they launched a Kickstarter to make a Mega Man action figure. Which is great, but it's like, who would ever want to kickstart a toy? But they did, and it, it worked, and it was successful. So they're making this toy based off this Kickstarter. Now, this toy is only available to people who, you know, supported the Kickstarter, or to stores who supported the Kickstarter. They're not selling this to main retail vendors, and they're not selling this to the public, but they had the initial sale at New York Comic Con, so this figure you could only get at this booth at Comic Con. And they had not only the standard release of Mega Man, but also the New York Comic Con exclusive, where he was black and gold. Which is a little racist, but we're moving on. Um, so my friend was like... Why oh, is that racist? It's because it's... it's it's Because he's black? Exactly. Is his skin black? I or was going to say because it's gold. Black? Why does he have skin? He's a robot. It's gold. He's yellow. You're yellow. Is that racist? That's yeah. kind of racist, because he's Asian? Of all of the people in the room... I'm the least yellow. Why do they call Asian people yellow? They're I not. don't know. Are um, Indians red? Yeah, or white people white. They're more of like a beige-ish tan Everybody's color. about the same color. They're just shades of it. Unless you're like Princess Celestia and My Little Pony, in which case, if you know what I'm talking about, those toys will really fuck you up and aggravate you. But no, no, I have no idea what the hell you just said. Exactly. You said something about My Little Pony. Exactly. Getting aggravated um, about it. Yeah. Uh, well, Gian will know what I'm talking about. He probably won't. But so I, I, I went to go get one of these figures, and I was standing in line, and again, I queued up around 6 a.m. Yeah. And I was talking to people. We were in the queue hall, and they're like, oh, so you're here to get an, uh, an exclusive? Because everyone there that lines up at 4 a.m. is there either to get into the Walking Dead panel or for an exclusive. And I was like, yeah, my friend wanted me to pick up the, uh, the X-Kai Mega Man figure. And they looked at me and just started laughing. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a bad sign. They said, yeah, you know, yesterday that sold out in, like, minutes. Um, mega minutes. Mega minutes, yeah. 
so I was like, oh, you know, fuck. I mean, I've been here for a while. I'm kind of towards the front of the line, so it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, so they let us out of the queue hall, and people started going up to the main floor, to the show floor. Now, here's the thing. Not all the security guards knew when the show floor was opening. So, you had this mass amount The security guards didn't know when the show floor was opening. No, they didn't know when the show floor was opening. So they were stopping people, uh, because you can go through the main entrance, and a lot of people were just running straight to the main entrance to go up, and they saw this mass amount of people run from the queue hall up to the escalators, and they stopped everyone at the escalators. And granted, you can look to your left, and you can look to your right, and you can see people going up through these escalators, but I was at the escalator closest to this booth. And I was the first one to get to the escalator. And they're like, stop, you can't go. I'm like, why not? The show floor is open. Like, they just let us up in the queue hall. And she had thought that we had just bum-rushed the convention hall, kicked down the glass doors, and ran into the front entrance. This wasn't really? Key. Yeah. She was like, did you scan in your ID? And I'm like, yeah, like four hours ago. It's like, "Would you? did you go through the queue hall? It's like, they just let us up from the queue hall. You can't come in. Why not? It's like, because the show floor is not open yet. It's 10 o'clock. And the show floor is not open. But they're going up. Did you hear me? I said it's not open. And then this continued for about four of the most frustrating minutes of my life, trying to get this stupid fucking action figure for my friend. Fuck you, Mike, by the way. Um, Until finally someone from, you know, wearing a Comic-Con shirt just walked up and was like, What the fuck? Just let them go already! Jesus Christ! And then so we all... <clears throat> trampled over this poor security guard, ran up. Um, but these Did you get the exclusive or not? I did. Uh, I got there at around 10.01. Uh-huh. They completely sold out of this exclusive at 10.04. That's stupid. Yeah, but I got three of them. I hate everything about this whole culture. Yeah. I'm a terrible nerd podcaster. <laughs> I hate nerds. You're Simon Pegg. Yeah. Um, um, but no, the the bulk of the podcast. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the good. Yes, there was one panel that we attended that was well. There were several panels that I attended that I enjoyed. Uh, one being Comic Book Man. I like that Justice League. That was good to see Kevin Conroy sing. Um, but the big one uh, for us, at least. Yeah, and for a lot of people, it seems was Stars Presents Ash vs. Evil Dead, um, which I've been calling Ash vs. The Evil Dead. But I've been to, doing that too. But according to that chainsaw above your head, it's just Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, so, the panel... Possibly the greatest panel I've ever attended in my life. Yes. It was uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi... Um, and other people, Lucy Lawless. And Which, then, can we just appreciate that that is probably the coolest name that has ever existed? Cooler than Mikey Chan? Absolutely. I don't think so. Um. Which, she revealed some fucking spoilers that made Sam Raimi cringe. She did. I don't know what her problem was, but she was, just, we'll get to that. She asked, she was asked a question, but uh, anyway, what this panel was supposed to be, if, you, if you've been paying attention to the Ash you, versus Evil Dead saga. If you they, read the description of the panel. Yes. Um, at San Diego Comic-Con, they released the trailer, which most people have seen by now. We already discussed it on this show. Um, so they were going to show some clips or something. And then talk about the show and its production. Right. So, 
uh, to set the stage, what had happened was this was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is gigantic. Uh, huge. It's the first time I've been in it, and really? it was much bigger than I anticipated it being. Well, it's yeah, it's a major concert venue um, right here in this building where we stand. Sit. Um, sit. I stand. They don't know. Don't contradict me, you fuck. Get out of my house. It's my house. No, it's not. It's the Mooney's house. <laughs> anyway, it's a major concert venue. Um, they had this. It was outside of the con. This is the first year that they've incorporated it at the Manhattan Center. Um, but it it was used for certain panels and really screenings of stuff. But we stood in line for a little while. You had a friend who was there since... My friend Jeremy, he queued up at around 10.30 in the morning. He was first in line. Yeah. Uh, we queued up an hour before the panel started and we were... Two like hours, actually. We were there for about two line, hours. Yeah. Were we? There weren't a, there wasn't that big of a queue. However, they were showing the Naruto movie or something, and people had queued up overnight for that. Yeah. So we thought it might be the same for this. So we got there a little bit early. Yeah, I know. I remember. I was. I we were leaving the con last night or the at the time the night before, and uh, we left at like probably seven thirty ish. Yeah, and we're walking back to the uh, the Hotel New Yorker, and of course saw this huge fucking line already at like 7.30 p.m. And I asked someone at the back of the line, oh, what's the line for? And they looked at me and like, oh, it's for the iPhone 6. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But I thought, all right, whatever. I walked a couple paces down and I asked someone else, but that son of a bitch was lying to me. What's this panel for? Or what's the line for? It's like, oh, it's for the Naruto panel. I explicitly walked to the back of the line again, pointed at that man, said, you bastard, you lying sack of shit, and then walked away iPhone 6 would have been a way better thing to wait in line for. I, I don't know. I don't you ever seen uh, Naruto? I have not. It's bullshit. <laughs> He's a little kitty cat man. But um, but no, Ash vs. Evil Dead. So we, we got into the panel, and it was good because we got in 40 minutes early. Yeah. Uh, just so we could fucking sit down, which was fantastic because we were standing at that point for about two hours, and we were kind of tired. You know, we get we get into the, they hand us out this Astro President badge and they give us one of these foam chainsaw things like a foam finger. Yeah, and but it's uh, a my chainsaw. friend, yeah, my friend Jeremy uh, had gotten seats for us in the second row. Uh -huh. uh, saved us all a seat in the second yeah, row. Yeah, it was great. And so after sitting down, this was this was the panel that I can only describe as every passing minute got better than the last. Yeah, just everything about this got a little bit better. Now um, we got there, we sat for a while, and then after a while out. To the stage walks none other than Kevin fucking Smith. And I'm like, wait, why is he here? Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's a pleasant surprise, but I wasn't expecting that. Um, he was the moderator of the panel. and then Which so, is fantastic, because we both love hearing the man speak. Yeah, anybody should. He's fucking brilliant. Um, then, you know, they he, he brings on Sam and Bruce, and they have like a little scripted... Yeah, well, well Bruce, Bruce Campbell walks out and he starts telling this anecdote and how it reminds me of a funny story. Man is dressed, by the way, impeccably, wearing a purple fucking suit. Yeah, it was like a cashmere purple suit. <laughs> With sequins. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about, you know, this funny story. And then Sam Raimi walks out and calls him on his bullshit. He's like, uh -huh. wait, 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 wait. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Come on, what, what are you doing? What are you going to do? He's like, oh, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna show him clips and we're gonna talk about the show. Like, what, I'm like, you're gonna show him that clip from Comic Con. 
It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, you know. Nobody wants to see that. So, yeah. Surprise, surprise. They just fucking showed the entire first episode. Yeah, Sam Raimi said what they'd really like is if we just played the season premiere. Let's just show them the first episode. Yeah. And it was funny because there was like a momentary beat of silence. Uh Uh-huh. And then everyone collectively lost their shit. Yeah. Michael started pissing all over the stage. I did. Whipped his dick out. And he was like, look at this. And then Sam Raimi was like, that's just like Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they played the first episode. Yes, they did. Um, So we could give an impromptu review as we were the world premiere of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. What did you think of it, dude? Well, I immediately thought, because of uh, this, Bruce Campbell must hate San Diego. That's why they premiered it in New York, because we're better. Yeah. Um, fuck you, West Coast. No, but uh, no, it, w- it was fantastic. I think it was everything that the show needed to be. I think the only complaint I could have is maybe just the fact that there were some shots that were CGI, and they didn't look like they were finished. Granted, I'm not going to give I it don't a... think they were finished, yeah. is that's the thing. I don't. We probably got like a rough cut of it. Um, although they did show that clip. Like, uh, There's a thing. I won't give any spoilers away because obviously this hasn't come out. Um, it wouldn't be fair to other people. But there is a clip that they showed in the San Diego preview where um, it's like a little doll. Yeah. Who's moving uh, autonomously. Yeah. No need to give anything else away other than that. But... Uh, it looked a little rough. Um, the rendering wasn't very good, and in the cut that we saw, it wasn't very good. I'm thinking that because there were a lot of other things. There's a there's a shot. Um, there's a decapitation st- shot. Yeah, there's a, there's a shot of like storm clouds coming, um, and they just didn't look fully rendered. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't detract at all from when I was viewing the episode. Because, I mean, granted, I do take into consideration that this is, even though it's stars, it's still TV. Right. Uh, you have that, you compound it just with a lot of facts that this is probably not the largest budget of shows. No, and it doesn't need to be. I it mean, doesn't like, need to be. They shot Arm- uh, fucking Evil Dead for $26. Six yeah. Um, it cost $30 to make that movie. But I, I, you know, I prefer like shitty practical effects to shitty CGI effects. Yeah, but like, the practical the effects were fantastic. Yeah, they were, they're exactly what they need to be. Um, and that's uh, most of it. That's the bulk of the the, the effects. Yeah, I'd say probably the, the only CGI that happened. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple like heads that exploded, but the CGI I would say probably comprised about only twenty percent of the episode. Uh huh. Um, but the episode was fantastic, and I will say it is exactly and everything. That needs to be from this series. Yes. Um, so they revealed a little more information that we didn't have um, prior, which was interesting to me. Uh, right. But one of the things being that this is, I remember when they first announced this, I thought it was going to be a self-contained miniseries. Like a, a six or ten episode run, whatever it would be, and that would be it. Um that is not the case. They want to go for as long as they possibly can. Um, they just want to make it a regular TV show. And I think that's wonderful. My only uh, question is, how do you kind of uh, keep that plot going? You know what I mean? And I mean, I see, I would say this, and I, while I don't want it to be something like Lost, where it just runs out of steam at the end of the first season, there's no other possible way for it to go, so it starts going and doing the most Atlantis shit possible, I think Ash vs. Evil Dead could 
do that in a good sense because mm-hmm. i mean if you look back at the evil dead franchise you have evil dead evil dead 2 and army of darkness yeah. what happens in the third movie he goes fucking back in time to the dark ages right and i think that you know sam raimi and bruce campbell both have that wit and charisma and solid writing to really propel that forward in a way that it's self-aware and makes it funny like it's not something that they're going to take too seriously but it is something that you can see it and still enjoy it for what it is yeah um, speaking of Army of Darkness as well, uh, he revealed something interesting that I hadn't thought about earlier, um, which was the fact that this show takes place, technically speaking, after Evil Dead 2, simply because because Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness were all made by separate studios, they could not, as of yet, obtain the rights to Army of Darkness, so Army of Darkness cannot be included within the canon that will be Ash vs. Evil Dead. Right. So in the episode when Ash is, you know, recollecting his experiences, uh, he leaves out the whole, oh yeah, I traveled back in time and saved the Dark Ages uh, dilemma. He's just talking about evil and evil dead and evil dead too. Which is, you know, it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I mean, had we they just... not brought it up, I don't even think I would have thought about it. Yeah. I mean, eventually. But when I was watching if, the episode, I think eventually it, it didn't would even become, occur to me. Eventually, it would become relevant where he was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I traveled back in time. Sure. Yeah. But I don't know why they can't really reference that, though. If they're not utilizing the plot itself, if they're not utilizing characters, uh, granted, I don't know how that stuff works. You would think, like, I mean, they, if they could reference Superman in a Spider-Man movie, why can't he just say, you know, I went back in time once? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's an interesting dilemma, and I'm sure the legality behind it is yeah, so, sound. But, the, yeah, the the point of that is they won't be exploring that too much. But that is perfectly fine, because there's plenty that they could do. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking that, again, I don't want to give anything away, um, but they established the basic premise in, in, the, in the first episode. Yes. And we get what... It almost plays out like it's going to be a miniseries, like it's going to be what I thought like it was. Like self-contained. Like eventually you think that they're going to Wrap be it up. able to solve this problem, and eventually they will. And I'm thinking that on a season-by-season basis, they could just do whatever they want. One of the things that I like is they do take an overtly comic prim- or an overtly comic stance. Now, the earlier, you know, the first Evil Dead was, serious. was a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 was comedy. more of a horror film with comedic slapstick aspects. It's a horror comedy, yeah. And then but Army of Darkness horror. was comedy. Yeah, this um, is this is more in line with Army and Darkness in terms of tone. Yeah, there are a couple select scenes, uh, mainly the ones that don't have to do directly with Ash. Uh, there's one scene where two state troopers investigate a house, mm-hmm. and that was a very overtly horror tone to it. Yeah. I mean, it was... Beautiful, like Sam very, Raimi very directed classic Evil Dead. As yeah, well, Sam Raimi directed Raimi. this first episode, and it shows because not only does everything is everything shot and sequenced gorgeously, but everything flows in such an organic, natural way that it it, it just feels like this natural environment, and it's a, it's a really good feel, especially when you have a horror market now so predominantly controlled by the found footage genre to have something that's actually shot you know yeah um but the horror sequences that existed in the in the show are absolutely without a doubt far better than most horror movies that occur nowadays and the comedic aspects of it are very very much in line with army of darkness so if you're a fan of horror or if you're a fan of comedy you will enjoy this show Mm mm-hmm 
One of the things is, you know, taking a comic stance like that, it, it opens them up to be able to do pretty much whatever they want. I mean, it, this, it establishes itself as a very absurdist kind of a piece. Yeah, you, you can it's, get, you can, I mean, visually as well, you can get away with a lot more if you establish it as a horror comedy than you would just mm-hmm. a horror. Right. So, like, I think that, you know, if this gets picked up and continues for years and years or multiple seasons like they want it to, yeah, they'll be able to do pretty much anything they want. I mean, it doesn't always have to be, oh, look, somebody got the Necronomicon and now we have to deal with this or, you know. Um, it could be anything. Make it like The Office with Evil Dead. Make it like, if I make make an entire season where they just parody Lost. Make a... Do whatever you want. Sky's the limit. Um, they had a... Actually, Marvel had a comic book run called Ash Saves Barack Obama. Yeah? Fucking make that an episode. Let's see that. I hope that's going to happen. Ash uh, goes to Comic-Con. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't aware that Lucy Lawless was going to be in this. And her her thing in this is very much a cameo. I mean, her character... As she told us, uh, is very important. Yeah, yeah. As, she, as she directly told us, her basic, you know, Should character we talk about arc. That? No, um, but I mean, if they want to go to the internet and find it, it's all out there. But uh, it, it seems like she spoiled a lot of that arc. Yeah. However, her role in this episode was a quite literally to turn around, look into the camera, be like, "I'm Lucy Lawless, and I'm done." You're not Yo, playing what Lucy up? Lawless. But uh, her character, it's just, she kind of looks into the camera, you see that it's Lucy Lawless, and she makes like a... Sometimes uh, what you think you see is exactly what you saw. Yeah. All right, shoot and I Lawless I, out. Right, uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought I saw Lucy Lawless, and you was right. Um, so, uh, that was weird. Like, because I wasn't expect. I didn't know that she was in it, so when it happened, I'm like, why is Xena in this? <laughs> um... I would be surprised if they did not make a Xena reference throughout the show. They said they're not going to, didn't they? They said they're not. They're but... liars. But yeah, she she did say exactly who her character is, and it ties in with the overall mythology quite strongly. And yeah. I don't think that they wanted to give that away uh, when when they did. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about Sam Raimi, like he reacted yeah. at that. He, he looked visibly like, did you just say that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you remember when... Um, Star Trek Into Darkness was coming out, and someone, whenever they just reference Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, the person with them in the interview would, like, look at them in a funny way. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what happened. But, I th- I don't know, maybe she was just irritated that she was not getting any attention on that panel. Probably because she didn't have a whole lot to do in that episode. But it's like, come on, you know what's going to happen. You know that you don't get Lucy Lawless and put her in a show like this if you're not going to use her. She's not going to be just some background character, but I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But the uh, panel itself, man, it was great. Uh, Bruce Campbell gave um, gave a man advice on how to get a girlfriend. Yeah, Comic Con. <laughs> it was a thing of beauty. He uh, he insulted people's knowledge of Three Stooges as well. Yeah, he well he basically did the panel in character. It seemed like, and it just it goes to show he's like, this is just him. Yeah. It must be great to be that awesome. <laughs> and I mean, it's funny because Sam Raimi, uh, he was talking about the show and he was saying, 
you know, you have this character like Ash, who in the past 35 years just has not changed or has not grown at all uh-huh. as a character. I really like and he their, made it, their dynamic. Oh, yeah. And, and he made a comment where it's like, and you look at Bruce and you just kind of see it's how art imitates life. And Bruce Campbell made a face like he got what he was saying. Right. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, they have a they have a fantastic chemistry, the two of them together. Uh-huh. Been working together for 30 years. They should. Talking about that car that he puts in all of his movies. Yeah. He made a great comment. He made a Western. Uh, Sam Raimi made a Western and still chose to put his car yeah. in the movie. Yeah, he, he he was talking about how the car makes a particular sound, so he knows it's the same car, even though they beef it up every time. And But um, he was like, you know, talking about how when he gets angry at Sam Raimi and he can't really do anything about it he's like I just take it out on the car it's like he taught us if you can't kill go after Spider-Man you go after Spider-Man's loved ones (laughs) yeah because Bruce Campbell was saying that uh, the car was basically his spot like after any time he'd be injured on set like he'd get almost drowned in blood or take like a punch to the face or anything to the face really like sam would just have him lay down in the back of his car uh-huh. and it was at that point where he realized where like he he couldn't do anything to sam but he could like tear the seats up he could <laughs> you know yeah um i i am kind of disappointed that we were in this room with sam raimi and did not get the opportunity to question him on spider-man 3 <laughs> um that wasn't his fault yeah, probably not. Yeah. There was actually a, uh, a cast of Evil Dead autographing as well. That they Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, not really. Uh they announced it I want to say literally like it was Okay, so the autographing took Did place, they announce it? The the autographing took Well, the only reason that I knew of it Okay, so the autographing was set to take place on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 10:30. The only right. reason I knew this was because at around 8 o'clock when we were leaving on Friday, uh, 7 30, 8 o'clock when we were leaving on Friday, people outside the convention hall were handing out flyers that had, uh, it, it was just basically Ashford's, I have it right here actually. They were handing out flyers, <coughs> and Tyler, you can see this, right? Yeah. They're handing out these, and it just had some advertisements for books and comics and stars and TV shows that are coming out. And one of the things that's coming out is Ash vs. the Evil Dead, so there's a small poster on this flyer that's probably about seven inches big uh, of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Now, on the reverse of this flyer, you have uh, a small picture of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It's a series premiere October 31st at 9 o'clock on Stars. Uh-huh. You have... Oh, there's a panel, Saturday, October 10th, um, featuring Sam Raimi, Craig DiGiorno, Bruce Campbell, Lucy Lawless, blah, blah, blah. And on the far right of it, you see, in pretty much the same size font, autograph session, Saturday, October 10th, 10 a.m. They handed these out to people that were leaving the convention at the, t- at the day they were closing. Yeah. So it seemed like they were directly trying to discourage people from coming. It seems like it. It was at 10 a.m. Now the gates open at 10. It's from 10 to 10.30, correct? Correct. Okay, so the gates open at 10 a.m. And the line outside of the Javits Center spans six city blocks and two avenues, which is a long fucking time. So if you're getting there um, around then... You, you would have to get in line at like four in the morning to get there. That's that's crazy. Also, 
also, you saw that flyer. Did it say anything about wristbands? No. No, it was a ticketed autograph session, so you needed a wristband. That's because wristbands don't fucking exist. They exist when they want to. They're like, maybe we'll do a wristband, maybe not. Fuck you. Yep. So, yeah, I didn't know. So, I brought my my DVD copy of Evil Dead 2, and I was really excited, really happy. And I I went up to the... And there was, like, six people there. Yeah. Six people there in line. And I was like, oh, shit, like, the line's short. Like, I can go and get their autographs. And I went up to the line and said, oh, do you have a wristband? No. All right, well, Well, you can't get an autograph. Well, we gave out three wristbands, and uh, you didn't get one. We didn't announce it. We didn't even tell the people where they were. Some people found these wristbands, didn't even know what the fuck they were getting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was actually talking to someone at class today, and they're saying, um, we were walking around the show floor, and someone just said, hold out your arm. And I'm like, all right. And they did, and they gave them a wristband for, uh, you know, it was an autograph session. And they're like, oh, cool. Who are these guys? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> here, take this wristband. What's it for? Don't know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe you won't. It's not our responsibility. We're New York Comic Con. Yeah. But the, the the Ash vs. Evil Dead panel, it almost exclusively made up for the entirety of the show. Yeah, it did. It, um, they, it looks like Stars is using that footage for something. Because it was all taped. Like oh, we yeah, were, all of it. They were very intrusive with the filming. They were. When we were standing in line, they were like, you have to chant, Ash is back, Ash is back. Well, they started chanting that at the front. They are like, can you guys do it too? And I'm like, I'm not going to be part of your astroturf grassroots thing. This isn't real. So I just didn't say anything. So there's probably footage of me on Stars right now just kind of like looking uncomfortable. Curmudgeon about the whole like, thing. I kind of tried to duck under the camera. I'm like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah, and they also had people. There were people when they were watch when we were watching the episode. People with cameras like coming up into people's faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. They were like world star, bro, and they punched you in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, Ash vs. Evil Dead was fantastic. I mean, I also saw um, series two, first two episodes of uh, Star Wars Rebels. How was that? I, it still pisses me off seeing Ahsoka Tano on the screen. What does that mean? It's I mean, Gesundheit. The character from Clone Wars that everyone right. unanimously hated. Well, I say unanimously She's hated, back. I'm talking about with myself. Um, that every Mikey Chen unanimously hated. Exactly. No, it's, it's funny because we went. there were two Star Wars Rebels panels on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I went to both of them. You were there at the first one. We went to the first one. Uh, it was after the comic book men panel, and I thought that's when they were going to be screening two episodes of the series. Turns out, no. They had Dave Filoni there and the voice actor for Ahsoka Tano, and they were talking about the show. And immediately when they said, "On come and you know, later tonight we'll also be having a screening of the first two episodes of series two of Star Wars Rebels, I immediately looked at you and I said, well, I don't need to be here. <laughs> right. I, I don't like Ahsoka Tano's character, and I hate Dave Filoni for ruining Clone Wars. Uh, so we, we walked out, and you, you said that's something you've always wanted to do. Just walk out on Sarah Michelle Gellar mid-sentence? Yeah. I mean, no, but it was great. It felt great. Fuck you. Be Buffy. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, you should always be Buffy. Like, Did you like that show? I'm like, I've never seen it. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But, uh, but, but yeah, so we, I went back later in the evening, and I saw the first two episodes of Series 2 of Star Wars Rebels, and it was good. Did uh, you show her your dick? I did not. It's, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, I've probably said this before, but Star Wars Rebels is a show that I, I very much enjoy. 
despite adamantly hating Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, these two episodes, what were they about? Uh, these Spoil were, them for the world. Well, these two episodes... So I don't give a it, shit about it, that one. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen the trailer, you basically know what it is. And what it is is uh, the newly formed band of rebels are looking for a place to place their base of operations. And they're looking for leaders and people that have a tactical nature to basically, you know, help them out with this rebellion against the Empire. So they go to a very remote planet in the Outer Rim Territory and they and they find clone troopers there. So this is like after, this is like Darth Vader exists, right? Yeah. And in fact, I think I showed you a clip of Darth Vader in that show and they handled him very well and very tactical. Oh yeah, he looks, he looks funny. He looks funny, but his character's good. Uh, they handle it with respect. Um, and so this two-episode arc is about them going and finding this band of clone troopers and trying to enlist them into a fight against the Empire. Ahsoka um, Tano was Anakin's Padawan, right? That's correct. You think she's going to kill him? No. Oh. I, my God, do I want her to die, though. She's not that bad in this show. She has very little screen time on this show, and I think that's why... What's I, the matter with her? What don't you like? I just... I hated almost every aspect of the Clone Wars. You just hate women and don't respect them. Is uh, that what you're saying? No, no, you just I'm saying that. think that males are inherently better and they should be the only ones on television. That's not what I'm saying. You're putting words in my mouth. Um, no, it's just. You just it was don't a, think that women should be a part of Star Wars. It was a completely pointless, arbitrary character arc that did not develop, did not go anywhere. And, and had a and vagina. And the dynamic was just awful. Like, it was painful like it was not funny it was not heartfelt it was not engaging and most of i would probably say at least 80 percent of clone wars from my experience just felt like sterile corporate made bullshit aimed at children you should calm down there you misogynist fuck (laughs) (laughs) and uh and rebels is it's a more active show it takes it back to the hero's journey it has great engaging characters notice you said hero's journey not heroine's journey I think you have a problem with uh with 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 women that you need to work out. <sighs> All right. Can, Why is your heart so full of hate? It's everything's full of hate. I actually one of the probably one of the most fun panels I went to in a long time. They had the Rotten Tomatoes panel, and their panel was called "Your Opinion Sucks." Yeah, how was that? I didn't, I didn't go to that. It it was a lot of fun. What they basically had was they had a panel of. Uh, film critics up on stage, as well as the editor-in-chief of Rotten Tomatoes. And what this panel was, was someone would, you know, bring up a movie, have a minute to say whether they liked it or whether they hated it. And then the person, the critic on the panel, would either argue with or against that person, and the audience would agree basically whether the movie was fresh or rotten. And... And it was a lot of fun. You could tell a lot of people had a lot of pent-up rage about movies of the past couple years. Yeah? Yeah. Were they all just like, Marvel, woohoo! Guardians! I imagine that that's how like a, a, a movie panel at a Comic-Con would go. No, but you had a lot of uh, one one of the one of the film cri- critics there adamantly defended every uh, every Christopher Nolan movie that was brought up. Dark Knight Rises was brought up. Interstellar was brought up. Inception he was brought adamantly up. defended. Dark Knight Rises adamantly defended. He thought it was a great, fantastic work of art. Um, did you did he see it? <laughs> no, he did. I I don't know if he did. Um, I argued against Jurassic I, it's, World because that, that it, movie still pisses me off. I just like how did he get to Gotham? 
<laughs> yeah. What and happened then, with his yeah. back, dude? Yeah. And just I, don't put those things in the movie if you don't want to address them. There was just so much of that movie didn't need to be in the movie. Anyway. about that leg brace? The magic brace? That disappeared, and he no longer needed it. Did the magic chiropractor fix his legs, too? <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, what did you say about Jurassic World? You didn't like that movie? I hated that film. Why? I still hated that movie. We, I think it's pretty much just as good as the first one. Thank you for joining us. This has been another exciting edition of Off Time Jive. My name is... <laughs> I, I, You know, it's it's a popcorn movie, but I think it's the best movie of the year. You know, I saw that on Twitter. Look, I, get, I get that, you know, it sucks really hard, but I think it's a really good movie. That seems to be everybody's opinion when we try to talk <laughs> to them. Tr- They're like, true. yeah, yeah, I get that it hardcore sucked cocks, but it was really good. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't get that argument. And they're like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't good, but honestly, what did you expect? It's Jurassic Park. I'm like, have you fucking seen Jurassic Park? It's awesome. I mean, yeah, it it was cancer, but what did you expect? It was cancer. <laughs> All things considered, it was it was pretty good cancer. <laughs> it's just like it was well, a malignant tumor. What did you want? What did you, you know? it, no, they'd say like, well, yeah, it was kind of stupid, and it was a popcorn movie, and there are really no characters, and the, and plot, the plot was didn't dumb, make sense, and the dialogue and... was shitty. Uh, but you know, it was fun. And at that point, I'm like, what? Yeah, it was really boring, and nothing that happened had any stakes. Or and weight, or gravitas. The children were able to almost fix a comical. car for no reason. Um, all of the characters were one-dimensional cardboard cutouts. Yeah, but it, it seemed like a yeah, Chris Yeah, there was a, a scene where raptors talked to each other in, like, real language. And, and there's, a, there's a raptor climbing up the back of a T-Rex. And, yeah, it's like, you let the T-Rex out, and then what happens to the T-Rex, but... They bro-fist the velociraptor, and then yeah, part ways, they say, okay, shoots later, bro. But B.D. Wong was in it. But B.D. Wong was there. <laughs> Chris Pratt was in it, being remarkably uncharismatic. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Vincent D'Onofrio was there being really fucking stupid. He he did kind of suck in that movie. Um, Yeah, and I I like him. I I said it initially, uh, and it it feels like that movie, Chris Pratt was taking, like, a cut in his paycheck. Like, that movie seemed below him. He he seemed like he didn't want to be there. He he seemed like Harrison Ford um, in almost every movie Harrison Ford's ever been in, save for Star Wars. Flat. Uncaring, unemotional, unemotive. Yeah, I'm here. How much I'm being paid for it? Oh, that's my motivation. All right. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio was the best Dr. Evil put on screen since Dr. Evil. We're going to strap machine guns to raptors and send them into Afghanistan. Imagine if we had these puppies in Tora Bora. What does that even mean? Tora Bora, you wanted to find Bin Laden, but you fucked it up. Raptors would find Bin Laden better. <laughs> you wanted that's what Tora Bora was. <laughs> How would that, that have held that situation at all? So fucking stupid. Uh, and they they had actually kind of a large presence at Comic Con, like the big main entrance gates. Large presence everywhere. And it's like, what are you plugging the DVD? I guess. But, yeah, they um, were. They had an animatronic Velociraptor was out on the main show floor, and I, I saw it. Seeing that, and I, I didn't want to go near it. It was scary. I immediately thought, like, well, it actually looks more real than Jurassic World. Yeah. Imagine if they had one of those in Tora Bora. <laughs> People would be confused and would have avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else do we have to say about Comic Con? 
There were several Asians. There were. I, I tried to touch Nathan Fillion's face. Did you? I did. Did you succeed? I did not. What did he say? Well, actually, you know, I, I was actually I was at the front of the line, and uh, one of the New York Comic Con personnel was very mindlessly droning on, you know, please don't try to take a picture of Nathan Fillion. You know, please do not come behind the table to Mr. Fillion. Please do not ask Mr. Fillion to personalize your autograph. Please do not tell Mr. Fillion what to sign your... your you know. I hate that. That's why I never do autographs, and, dude. And then, this and is then, like the most weird, awkward, uncomfortable thing. And then so I was standing there, and I just... It's basically well, going to a celebrity zoo. And then I just... I, I was standing there, and I basically said, well... Can I touch his chin? And this man's droning. He's like, please don't. What? All right. <laughs> and I said, said, yeah, his, his chin. Can I touch it? Please Does it do imbue not. with magical powers? And then the lady behind me, who is also standing in line, was like, I mean, that's a fair question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but did he say anything to you? I, yeah, I did. I actually, I got up to him and uh, I was like, "Hi, Mr. Fillion." He's like, "Oh, my name's Nathan." He's like, what, "What's your name?" I was like, Mr. Oh. Fillion's my dad's name. Yeah, and he said, "How's it going, I'm Michael?" And then he looked at my cosplay. And he's like, "He's like, holy crap, you're the Red Hood." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I am." He's like, "Wow, can I see the helmet?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, sure." I showed him the helmet. He's like, "This is fantastic." And, uh, and this yeah, is nice workmanship. He's a really nice guy. And then and, he you know, it's, ran it's away with your helmet and stole it. People have stated before, um, why do people charge for autographs? And I, I'm not necessarily against that. I mean, I understand if you're coming from... $80 for an autograph is quite $80 steep. $80 is steep. I will say that. $80 is steep. Um, but, I mean, like, if you're coming from out of state, you need to have airfare. Read pop. Duh, they pay for your airfare. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Do they really? They would be Nathan Fillion didn't buy. He did not pay his way to New York. That is that would be absurd. All right, never mind then. <laughs> no, yeah, they pay for that. They pay them to be there. Like you get an appearance fee to be there. Do you really? Yeah. But I I imagine they don't pay for like travel, food, airfare. Yeah, they put you up in a hotel. Yeah. Do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. See, all right, my just... <laughs> my points invalidated. Then fuck it. Yeah, that's why, why are you charging eighty dollars for autograph? I mean, we'll pay for it. Well, it's like no, it's here, Nathan Fillion. Here's the thing: like, you're I awesome. Used, I used to go to smaller cons and stuff like that, where you would have actors that you know they were. I, I don't want to call them washed up, but call a spade a spade. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you go there. It's 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 to make money, and there's nothing wrong with that. What I don't like is when like you know major celebrities are charging. I don't know what Nathan Fillion makes, but. Uh, um, it just seems unnecessary. I mean, Carl Urban was last was there last year. He was a major celebrity. He was Keith Urban, Carl Urban, Keith Urban, Carl Urban, the Australian country music singer Keith Urban was there. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Did you meet him? I I did. I got him to sign my copy of Dr- Carl Urban. Really nice. Um, really nice guy. A lot of these people. I mean, it, it's kind of weird because it's kind of that. Wow, this person's really nice, and he's very personable, blah, blah, blah. But then again, I'm paying him $80 for a signature, so... <laughs> he better be fucking personal. <laughs> exactly. So I, I remember, and then some of them aren't, and that's the thing that really gets me. I remember like, last mm. year, I mean, David Duchovny was there last year, and he was charging $50 for an autograph. And at the time, I said, wow, that's fucking... David Duchovny is severely overestimating his relevance. And then this year, he's relevant again, because X-Files is coming back. He was on a major TV show back then, too, called... Uh, Something I don't remember. Californication. Didn't see it. Yeah, but it was it was a major HBO show. I didn't watch it, but uh, it's like, why are you charging fifty dollars for a signature, David Duchovny? Come on, 
Yeah. You got that X-Files cash. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are certain the people biggest, there, too. Like, that... You're on the biggest show of the 1990s. There are certain people Other there. than Party of Five. Exactly. They're, or they're... Friends. I don't know what those are. Or but... Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Is that a show? Yeah, that it sounds like big. a porno. Two guys, a girl, and a cum on her face. <laughs> you could have kept it as pizza place. Um, Why, you cum on pizza? Well, have you not had two bros? Is that what makes it so good? <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of people there are really nice. I mean, especially when you meet like smaller celebrities. I met Raphael Sabarge, who's a voice actor. And he's this big. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. Um, a lot of times there'll be celebrities there that will just give you autographs. Because uh, you came to see him. I always think that's really nice of them. That's cool. Um, I remember I was talking to Carl Urban's agent. And she was like, can't personalize it. He's going to sign it. And we're done. You know, please don't You know, try to small talk it. And I went up to him. And he's like, hey, you want me to write, like, I am the law? And blah, blah, blah. And he's really cool. And he was like, yeah, how are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And started small talking me. I'm like, I looked at the agent. I'm like, am I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> like, Oh, no. I'm so sorry. But, but no, it was great. I mean, there were even a couple people there. Like, I met someone there who was a suit actor in Super Sentai. And I got poses with he him. He did. He was he a Gojira. He, yeah, he was also in Godzilla. Yeah, and he didn't charge me anything. He was just, all, he was just awesome. Jeremy, uh, who, of whom you met, he was a friend at the Evil Dead panel. Because um, the Godzilla people were charging, I think, like $20 uh, for an autograph or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and he went up there, not necessarily a big fan of Godzilla, but a very big fan of Super Sentai, and he went up there with a bunch of pictures of this guy as a suit actor in Super Sentai, and, uh, when he went up there with the stuff, they are like, oh, you know, it's, it's $20 an autograph, and the guy signing autographs, and I was like, no, Super Sentai, no charge. And he sounded exactly like the old, wise samurai, or samurai Japanese right. man. Right, he sounded like, um, Hattori Hanzo and Kill Bill. Exactly, yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, no, you but uh. Say konnichiwa, like we say konnichiwa. He said it like I don't, that. I don't get it. I don't get it either, but it's what he said. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was it was very it was a very fun, pleasant experience. Um, it reminds me of why I waited fucking eighteen hours in line to get a ticket for it. Yeah. I wish that process would be easier, but still. Well, we could always order them online like everybody else. Have you tried doing that? No. You can't. Nah, whatever. I don't know, man. I think, like, if I go back next year, it would be, like, a single day type thing. I don't need all four days. I think by that last day, too, where you're kind of, like, I didn't even go on Sunday. No, you had rehearsal. rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I actually, I did get to try, um... The new Resident Evil game coming out. Did you love it? Love it? I fucking hated it. Um, oh. I'm a very... Oh, no. I, I'm a very big, passionate fan of Resident Evil. And uh, last year, they actually had... You could play Resident Evil Revelations early, which was the game that they had coming out, you know, later that year. Um, and that was a lot of fun. The executive producer for the Resident Evil franchise also came to sign autographs because I'm sure everyone was happy because Resident Evil Revelations was a great game. It was fantastic. It really brought back Resident Evil. Uh, granted, it was a 3DS release. Um, that just what? Yeah, Resident Evil Revelations, the original one, uh-huh. uh, was a 3DS release, Sounds and awful. it was by far the best Resident Evil game made in the past eight years or so. Um, they completely changed the gameplay dynamic. Um, you you now walk around. Where does it take place? D- many different Raccoon places. Raccoon City. Many different places. 
and you have to catch zombies in a series of small balls, and then you trade them with friends. And... Exactly. But but no, I mean, Resident Evil has been veering off their, their course and into very bad waters. Uh, and it's it's it's, it's been things. losing a very large fan, like a significant chunk of its fan base has been lost over these past couple of years. And Revelations was that one look at it and to finally go back and say, all right, maybe they understand our qualms. Maybe they understand where we're coming for and they're going to take it back for being Resident Evil. And uh, this year they had this game called Resident Evil Umbrella Core. And it's 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 a competitive three people versus three people first person shooting game. Where the zombies don't attack you, and it's awful. It sounds great. It's awful. The zombies don't attack you. Why are they there then? What's the point? It's they're like set design. Oh well, so you shoot each other. Yeah, you're guys with machine guns fighting other guys with machine guns. That sounds awesome. It's awful. This is like ninety percent of every video game ever. It is. It's all they make anymore. It's that and Star Wars Connect. Very discouraging. Also, the uh, the uh, beta for Star Wars Battlefront came out this past weekend as well. Um, did you play it? I did not, no, because I was at Comic-Con. Also, I don't have a modern-gen console. Oh. Um, and apparently, it was almost catastrophic. Uh, there was Catastrophically just, good? No. Like, oh. there were just so many issues, so many prevailing issues that just compound... The anti-hype surrounding this game. The anti-hype. It, it is. Well, that's why you go to beta. Yeah, but the whole thing is this game, this game comes out in like three weeks. So this isn't so much of a beta as it is like an early play. Just a soft release? Yeah. Because at the end of the beta, you play it and you're, they're basically like, thanks for playing. Um, thanks for watching. Yeah. But uh, I, I, this is a game I really wanted to be excited for. I really wanted it to be good. And then it, it looks like it's just taking so many missteps that I, I'm really hoping it does more than falls flat on its face upon release. Because this is very disheartening to watch gameplay of it because it's so just painfully. It looks really pretty. It's really pretty. Graphics are great. Animations well, are fantastic. Well, what exactly is the problem with it? It just crashes and stuff? It's not even that it crashes. It's just everything's unbalanced. Um, I mean, it's basically called Call of Duty. The entire game, like, you can watch matches and the Empire will win, like, 100 points to 10 against the Rebels because they're just sat they're at the rebel spawning location, uh-huh. killing everyone immediately as they spawn. Well, then. Uh, upgrades, weapons don't work properly. You can't use certain things. Everything works on this level-up basis. So if you've been playing the game for, like, a week, uh-huh. and if you've been playing the game for an hour, you're going to be immediately slaughtered by the person playing for the week because they have all upgrades, and their shit's just inherently better than yours. The game's not class-based. It doesn't put you in, like, yeah, it's not. That's stupid. It's not class-based anymore, so there's no engineer or soldier or heavy class. It's just everyone's just given a gun. Um, Sounds like a terrible game. Like, fucking power-ups are awarded on point basis. and uh, That's why I don't play video games. Basically, they're trading cards, I guess, they look like at this point. And it's, it just feels like there's so much going wrong with it that I... I don't know how they could salvage. I mean, the game has no campaign. There's no offline mode. It's always it's always either cooperative uh, missions, which uh-huh. yeah, which is basically horde mode, which we ever everyone fucking loves horde mode at this point, or multiplayer. And from what I heard, is the general consensus from both versions is they get really old really quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the game looks really pretty. 
It looks really pretty, but that's about it. So. Well, at least it's got that one thing. At least it's got that one thing. Will it be as bad as something like Aliens Colonial Marines? No, probably not. But I feel like it's going to be any, it's going to be one of those run-of-the-mill any games that are like those single multiplayer only basis games like evolve or destiny where after maybe three months everyone forgets that they existed yeah um it's just sad to see this happen to star wars because this is pretty much what everyone automatically assumed would happen to star wars when they gave it to dice and ea andrew dice clay so thank you for making a very pretty looking forgettable game dice yeah pretty looking forgettable things want that on a t-shirt also i saw the martian the movie was excellent if you haven't seen it go and watch that movie because it's fucking awesome south korea loved that movie did they really it made all the money in korea really i don't know why um there interstellar sick- did really well too they just like space shit over there i guess how did gravity do i don't know Probably really well. Yeah, probably really well. It'd be fucking weird if it didn't. Like, that was no, the one no, they're no. just like, no. We like feeling. Fuck creamy. We. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking the perspective would be like we want to see a space movie and it has to be happy. No. But no, you immediately went for the fuck Clooney. They hate Clooney. What are their bad nipples on the astronaut suit too? You put the uh, nipples on the space suit. Fuck that. Fuck that noise. This is racist. <laughs> it's very racist. But no, The Martian was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's Apollo 13. I haven't seen it. I probably won't watch it's, it. It's if Apollo 13 and Castaway had sex and that baby was Matt Damon. I heard that it's good, but it's got some faults. Uh, you know what? I can't think of any at the moment. Um, what were some of the faults? Math. What? That there's a lot of math in it. <laughs> there's math in it. <laughs> science. There is math and science in it. Yes. No titties. Uh, Matt Damon. You get to see Matt Damon's ass. Sold. I'm still not gonna go see it. I'll just look that up. Anyways, but that's everything I have. We have any other any other qualms, any other questions, comments, concerns, big life questions, minor grievances. Um, I don't know, man. Comic Con was the thing that happened. It, it did uh, happen. Who was your Are favorite you... cosplayer? What did you cosplay as? I tell people went as two characters. I went as a character known as Red Buster from a series in Japan called Tokume Sentai Go Busters. And then I also went as Jason Todd, the Red Hood. Yeah? Yeah. How's that? Fun. It's very fun. What's a Red Buster? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a Japanese program that is commonly known as Power Rangers in America. People kept asking you if you were a Power Ranger. How did they know that? Like, people that had no... no- Obviously, they had no knowledge of it. They're like, because hey, I'd look at a Power Ranger, and I'm like, that's a Power Ranger. I looked at what you're wearing. I wouldn't know what that was. <laughs> like, is he, it, you didn't have, like, a helmet or anything, so it wasn't, it's, describe it. It's like, it's kind of like a, like a flight suit. It's tactical almost. gear, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah it looks like a parachute kind of thing. Jumpsuit. Parachute pants. Yeah. You look like MC Hammer. 
Um, it's got some stuff on it, but like it doesn't scream Power Rangers in the way that I think of Power Rangers. I mean, obviously it is. It's from Super Sentai, but you were like the 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 real version of them, like when they're not Super Sentais. Yeah, when they're not wearing it's spandex like a, or you, it's like they're leather. street clothes, basically. Yeah. Um, but how do people know that you're a Power Ranger? I don't you know, fucking I, get it. I don't know either. Because we went to Godiva afterwards, and the guy, he's like, are you from the thing with the, the, the Power Ranger thing? There's a guy in line, he's like, are you a Power Ranger? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was really waiting. He asked you about something, like where he could find an exclusive thing, or, you know, thing for a song. He's like, I'm trying to put those together. I thought he was going to ask you to go on a magical quest, and I got super excited. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Remember we were in the... Uh, we were on the show floor, and uh, some guy, we, he had a kid on his shoulders. And he's like, are you a Power Ranger? And then you were like, no, I'm a Super Sentai. And then you punched the kid off his shoulders. <laughs> I don't remember this. I do. It was great. It was my favorite, <laughs> my favorite moment at Comic-Con. And you just started stepping on the kid. You committed murder of a child. Did I really? Yeah. Was I also in the, or what was it, Poland and have a camera? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Was that was that woman kicking children? I don't think it was Poland. No. No. Some mind. Let's not throw Poland under the bus here. Eh, Fuck you, Poland. I think it was like, like one of the, the, what do you call those Russian countries? Slavic. Slavic. Yugoslavia. The flesh. Yeah, fuck Yugoslavia. I'll say it. (laughs) It's not even a country anymore, so I don't have anything to worry about. And Pluto's not a planet. Actually, it's back to being a planet at this point, I believe. Who gives a shit? It's Pluto. You know, it's funny because I saw... Um, I remember it was a couple months ago, actually, I think at this point, where NASA was saying that they found a really cool thing behind Pluto, and immediately every fan of that video game series, <laughs> Mass Effect, was like, holy shit, it's real. Uh, and it ended up not being that. I don't know what you're talking about because I don't play that. Uh, there's In the game series Mass Effect, what propels humanity there's is... There's a uh, thing behind Pluto? It, yeah, it was it was on the dormant side or the uh, the opposite side of Pluto was the a dormant side of Pluto. The dark side of Pluto. Uh, they the found the dark side of the Plute. The dark side of the of the Transformers. Also, we we actually haven't talked about that. Um, officially confirms we're getting more Transformers movies. Yeah, four, five, and six. Yeah. Um, well, five, six, and seven. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Uh, you have not seen the Transformers movies. I have never seen a Transformer. However, I have recently shown you clips of these movies. Mm-hmm. How did they make you feel? Nauseous. They look like... Uh, they look like... I, I don't know why Michael Bay really likes like sprite colors, but uh, it's it's, it all looks lemon-lime. Trans- Everything he's ever shot looks lemon-lime. It's funny because lots there's of green actually and there's, lots a, of there's a sprite machine Transformer is in there? the first film. I think there is. Really? Yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised. It's probably his favorite drink. It's his favorite beverage, so he's like, I'm going to put this in all my movies. I'm going to put some green filters and some yellow filters, and that's my style. I'm Michael Bay. I mean, to be fair, though, it does distinguish him as having a very distinct style. Yeah, but like in a really shitty way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all for saturation and shit, but uh, fancy Actually, speaking colors, about, but... Actually, speaking about color... Just why all lemon-lime... <laughs> Speaking of my color, um, DC had a, I guess you could call it a presence at Comic-Con this year. They had the Batman 5 Superman suits out on Uh, display. And I was very surprised to see that the Man of Steel suit actually has color in it. Yeah, uh, we got to see the the Batflex suit, the full thing. 
Um, and also like the armor. Cape. Yeah, the bat, the iron bat suit. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also had, uh, they called it, what, the tech cowl? Um, it was off to the side. Oh, the, the mask? Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we saw Wonder Woman. And, we know. also got free phone chargers, mm-hmm. courtesy of Mr. Alexander Luther. Yeah, portable phone chargers. Who's this Alexander Luther fella? I don't know, but he looks like Jesse Eisenberg. I, you know, I never knew that it was, is that, a, probably, because there's not, like, Lex isn't a name, it's like a, it's a, it's a nickname. He's trying to be hip. But no, but his name um, is Alexander one of the, Luther. one of the That's free giveaways that they had at Comic-Con was a portable wireless phone charger, which I thought as far as free giveaways, fuck, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But you had to follow him on Twitter. Yeah. It's the price I'm willing to pay to get a free phone charger. But, the thing uh, that was confusing, he did not have a blue check mark. No, he was not not officially I don't confirmed. Buy it. I don't buy it. It's not authentic. Yeah. It's bullshit. If he was a real celebrity, a multi billionaire celebrity, he'd have a blue check mark. He would. He would. You don't have a blue check mark. I don't. I'm not a billion dollar celebrity. I don't have a blue check mark either. Well you're not an official. I do bothers me every day yeah you know i, I also... want a fucking blue check mark <laughs> i have a lot of followers i don't know what it is but I'm fuck hip. it i want it i'm cool doesn't do anything but i just want to prove to people that i'm the Speaking real Speaking of people of with blue check marks i met two employees of rooster teeth do uh, they have check marks they do have check marks um well fuck them miss Lindsay jones and barbara is Dunkelman. that who those people were that i took the photo with yeah, yeah yeah i saw a picture of you on twitter with two ladies and i was like what Michael hates women. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Already went no, it, was, this. it was no no, they're two they're very, very fantastic people from uh uh production They're two of the good ones. Rooster That's Teeth. What you're saying. Um and no, I I actually I walked past them because they, they were actually speaking at a panel later that day. They were also going to be at the Rooster Teeth booth selling merchandise and stuff like that, but I, I walked past them on the street. I oddly enough took this one because I normally just walk down thirty fourth street, but for some reason when In I was In the nude? Uh, yeah, exactly. I just walked down 34th Street to get back home, but for some reason I walked down 37th, um, I guess because it was just more convenient. And as I was walking, I passed like a, a group of people, and I it didn't immediately click, but I'm like, oh, they kind of look familiar. And what caught my eye as we crossed in the street was they have guest speaker badges. Not four-day passes, not exhibitor passes, but they have the guest speaker badges. So I immediately turned around, ran back, and I'm like, that's Lindsay and Barbara from Rooster Teeth. And they were really nice, and they didn't brush me off at all. They were, they were like, are you a Power Ranger? Yeah. No. But they, but no, they were like, oh, it's a great costume. And they're just, you know, thanking me for liking Rooster like, Teeth and watching costume. their content. It's a way of life. So, I, yeah, so they were really cool. I saw Andre from Black Nerd Rants. Uh, he was much taller than I expected him to be. Who is he? Andre from Black Nerd Rants. He's, the, he's that great big black fellow that you took a picture with? Yeah. Much taller than I don't know who he is either. I don't know anybody. It's Andre from Black Nerd Rants. Andre the Black Giant. There were also a couple people. He should who just were... call himself Black Andre the Giant. <laughs> there, there were also a couple people that I knew were at Comic Con, but I didn't get to see him. Like Ricky and Elliot from Machinima ETC, or uh, Sneaky Zebra was also there. You're so. a Sneaky Zebra. But yeah, that's uh, that's our recollection of New York Comic Con 2015. It happened. It happened. It's, it's happened gone. before. It might happen again. And probably. It's funny though because they have a lot of T-shirts that are like New York Comic Con, the 10th edition, 2000. What was it? 2015. 
No, it was two thousand. It was two thousand six to two thousand fifteen, and I was like, "That's someone's math seems wrong." <coughs> Your math's a bit off, but Your math's a bit off. But <coughs> but no, there was a uh... die. Yeah, you're probably gonna die. You're We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die one day. Just you're gonna die. You're gonna die first. Not if I have anything to say about it. You're gonna die first if you don't commit murder. Okay. Also, we couldn't get into the Jessica Jones Daredevil panel. Everyone probably wanted to hear something about that, but we couldn't get in. Nobody wanted to hear anything that we ever had to say. Yeah, about anything. There were there's a bunch of Jessica Jones graffiti throughout the city. There was. There was a lot of. There were also a lot of uh, business cards that had Nelson Murdoch attorneys at law. Yeah, and benches and shit. Yeah. Harvey Bergman. Attorney there's still at like law. twenty of those business cards. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were all right. All right, well, my name is Tyler Pino. My name is Michael Holler. Yeah, my house. <laughs>